0: Good afternoon and happy Friday. It is April 16th, a very happy Friday indeed. It's been a long week, a long post-master's week. We've got the post-master's sadness happening and now we're turning to the PGA Tours RBC Heritage. Still a great event but nothing quite compares to the excitement of the Masters. Um, As you guys know I was there last week on Monday Tuesday still reminiscing looking through pictures every day. One of the most awesome experiences I will ever have um, as it pertains to golf. So hopefully you get the opportunity to go someday. Hopefully I get to go again. Um, But right now I'm still definitely a little bit in the honeymoon phase um, after getting to go to Augusta for a couple practice rounds last week with my family. So we love to see it, um, love to do things that keep us happy. And when it's something like that, um, you really can't go wrong. But it is Friday and it is time for Happy Hour Express. You know what that means. I'm your host, Samantha Marks, bringing you everything you need to know from this week in golf in about 10 minutes-ish, um, depending on how much I want to talk today. We might go over that. We might not. Um, it was a long night of pissing off golf Twitter. Uh, I slept great, though. I don't know about you guys, but <laughs> um, it was a, a long night. I started started some fights on Twitter, and uh, we'll get into that later, but just so you guys know... Um, It is what it is. I stand by what I said. I think I articulated, you know, my points very well and the people who refused to read the whole thread, they're not my problem. So back to the PGA tour for now, as I said, we'll get to that later. RBC heritage at Harbor town, the tartan jacket tournament, the terrible plaid red jacket that just comes after the green jacket, which uh, has never really sat right with me. Harbor town with the iconic lighthouse 18th hole. Um, We played there in college and in an event and it is an awesome course. It's brilliant. It requires, um, a lot of thinking, very placement based golf course. Um, love the finishing hole with the lighthouse. There's a bunch of like restaurants and a little area down there that we went to, um, one of the nights that we were there and it's just it's a great vibe it's that southern hospitality feel um and i'm excited to watch i love when there's PGA tour live i love when there's live streams like there was at the masters cuz i get to wake up start work and watch golf at the same time so thursdays through sundays definitely my favorite time of the week of course um Lots of golfers in hoodies. That was the topic of conversation on Twitter today on PGA Tour Live, which we'll get to the dress code and golf situation later. If you were present um, with my Twitter rant last night, then you know where this is going. But a couple other things in news-wise, the NCAA came out with a big announcement today, which obviously very much so impacts golf. D1 coaches can return to recruiting on June 1st. They have had such a long dead period which um, is big news for college programs and coaches who have been kind of sitting still for a long time and not doing what they do best to get players into their programs. So it's super exciting that, that you know, COVID is, is starting hopefully maybe to lessen with the vaccines that are coming out and and people getting them and, um, coaches and, and sporting events and things are getting a little bit more back to normal. I know that, I know that it's not over yet, but this is a good step in the right direction. And I've, I've talked to several coaches who, you know, the, the shutdown and the dead period was frustrating, obviously understandable with what was going on and the, the fear of, of traveling and bringing in people who, you know, weren't already infiltrated into your, into your system, um, for visits and stuff like that. But, as I said, big news for the NCAA. It's exciting that that they'll get to resume recruiting with a little bit of of summer left. Um, I mean, that's what these coaches do best is recruit and get people to to come to their school um, and and sell their sell themselves in the university basically. So it's exciting. Um, I'm super excited to see how golf shakes out, and I, I love the. Um, the little bit more publicity and coverage that ncaa golf is getting now with you know a couple of the tournaments on golf channel and more people tweeting about it and i just really love that i wish that was around more when i was in school um but it's coming a long way and it's one of my favorite events to watch whenever it's on i try to watch the ncaa tournament so another thing we wanted to talk about today i know it doesn't seem like it was this week but Monday was the Monday after the Masters, so it was just like four days ago, and I'm sure you saw it if you're on Twitter. If not, um, Monday morning after the Masters, Hideki Matsuyama, obviously the Masters champion, goes to the Atlanta airport just with his green jacket over his arm, just straight chilling, goes to sit at the gate, throws it over the chair, like no garment bag, no cares in the world, wearing an Augusta National hat the dude is a legend. Like this is absolute legendary. Um, I love it. I think it's hilarious that he's treating the green jacket the same way that I treat my $10 TJ Maxx sweatshirt when I travel. Um, But it also says a lot to the fact of like, you know, he didn't want to let it go. And I think that that's, that's awesome. A lot of people were, were giving him crap for flying commercial and I mean, he's going, you know, rumors were that he was going back home um, to Japan. And I don't know if you guys know how expensive it is to fly private in general, let alone internationally. So I think that that flight was probably already booked before he won the Masters. Um, So he probably didn't anticipate a little bit of an extra carry on. Um, But a lot of funny jokes on Twitter. I remember somebody said, is he going to hang it up in the coat closet? Um, Very curious about what he did with it while he was on the plane, though. So if anybody knows Hideki, let's ask ask him and let him know. So we're six minutes in. Um, let's get to what happened yesterday. So me and my boyfriend were about to go to dinner and we realized it was still light out. Um, we might as well go hit a few golf balls. Now we were in gym clothes. Basically I was in, um, a plain pair of leggings and a shirt much like this with the master's logo. Um, and Connor was in golf shorts and a Nike t-shirt that just had a tiny logo here. It wasn't like a big graphic t-shirt. And I've done it before. Um, and I understand that that does not make it right. And I have I recognize that we were wrong to do that and go against the dress code. Um, I have admitted that we were wrong several times in the Twitter thread. And that's what people don't understand. My issue is um, there was a girl, another girl there who was wearing graphic printed sweatshirt and sweatpants. I don't know what it said, but it was like, you know, graphically printed with like art on it and yellow fuzzy slippers. And we were asked to leave and she wasn't. Um, I think my issue here is that consistency is key. And if I'm not trying to play whose outfit was worse, but if we were asked to leave and she was not asked to leave, I don't feel like that that's a fair enforcement of the rules. Um, It, was a member who complained to the pro shop about our dress code, um, which is a whole other different point. Like people need to keep their nose on their own faces. Um, Like there are so many other things to worry about in life than that. And I get, you know, I said that on Twitter and people were like, well, you know what you signed up for? It's a private course. A hundred percent. I totally agree. Private courses are allowed to have whatever rules they want. We signed up for that when we pay the dues. I get that. I a hundred percent get that. For me, I want dress code to change. Um, I know it probably won't, but I do. Um, they are allowed to have whatever rules they want at any course, at any anything. You look at at any institution or business are allowed to have whatever rules they want. I acknowledge that. I admitted they were that we were wrong, but the consistency part is where like I don't really mess with it. Um, I think that dress code should change overall, but I know that it probably won't at places like where I'm a member. Um, And, you know, there were several people that were that were giving me crap about bringing it to Twitter. Um, I think that. First of all, y'all just assume that I'm not going to handle it offline. You just assume that I did it. Somebody said that I did it for a publicity stunt. Well, first of all, I'm not smart enough for that. So that thank you for thinking that I'm smart enough for that. Um, but the reality is, like, yes, I do want to make a change. I am going to join the committee. I am going to go in there and be be the young member who wants to be more inclusive and um, welcome more people to the game. And maybe that means that you know weekdays after. 6 p.m. or 7 p.m. even there's no dress code on the range maybe that's something we could do maybe that's a start i'm not asking for all of a sudden this very nice golf club with hundreds of members that everybody should be able to wear sweats that's not what i'm saying and that's never what i was saying i just don't think that it's fair to enforce it to one person and not enforce it to another now i look at the dress code situation as a whole in, um, you know, in the sport of golf. And I think that that municipal courses and public courses are gaining popularity because anybody can go right like I live on Winter Park nine very, very popular uh, nine hole course here in Winter Park, Florida, where they have a very popular skins game every week. And I could go out there in a bathing suit if I wanted to. Now it is in the middle of a city. So, I mean, there's people driving around all the time. There's no dress code. You know, I, I go out there. I never play in anything but leggings in a t-shirt because that to me is not what golf is about, right? Like, and I understand we have to, we have to honor the tradition of the game and it's, it's, you know, somewhat of a, of a history thing. And I get that, but at what point do we have to kind of embrace the quote unquote new generation, right? Like that's kind of my issue is, is I, you know, I'm not asking for every private course to all of a sudden have everyone wear sweatpants. I'll say it again. That's not, that's not my point. I just think that, you know, what's the middle ground, um, Is it that, you know, like I said, every weekday after a certain time, you can bring your kids out, um, you can bring your spouse out, you can do whatever you want and just kind of mess around on the range as as you would at a public course. Um, I think that would be a great start having like a family night. I think I'm definitely going to that's going to be something that I proposed to the club um, and they are going to hear from me about this. I'm not. Unreasonably upset because I know that we broke the rules. Like, I am very much so admitting that. Um, And I know that, you know, I I should not have worn what I warned. Connor should not have worn what he warned, but we did. And my point is, is that if we're going to be told to leave, then everybody not following the rules should be told to leave. So I could literally go on about this (laughs) for like 20 more minutes, but in the sake of Happy Hour Express, I'm not going to do that. Um, So we've got a couple more things to get to today one thing that I really want to get to is, you know, I was just getting lit up on Twitter last night. Most people were agreeing with me, which that was not the point of the tweet. I don't need validation. I can feel the way that I feel. I, um, when people say things that they think are going to upset me, it doesn't upset me. Um, I have had to learn through gaining a presence on Twitter and, and Instagram a little bit like, you have to decide what is going to bother you and nothing that anybody said bothered me. Um, I am very good at, you know, understanding who I value in my life and whose opinions I'm going to listen to and random strangers on Twitter who don't follow me and are just responding to pick a fight are not some of them. So if you find yourself, you know, getting down about somebody's replies on Twitter or, or you know getting into an argument with someone i would challenge you to you know kind of think about is this somebody whose opinion I value, and if not, is it worth my energy? A lot of what I tweeted last night probably wasn't worth my energy. I probably went a little overboard. I was probably a little mean, and to those people, I'm sorry. I do apologize. Um, I am very—I'm a very emotional person—not not like a crier, but like I feel very deeply about about what I'm passionate about, and I felt very deeply about what I was what I was saying last night. So. That's my advice to you on how to have thick skin on social media. I really did not think the podcast is going to go there today. So the last thing I want to talk about today, and, and this could take a minute too, actually, is I tweeted... Um, after the whole issue last night, I said, since everyone on Twitter is fired up this week, let's reply below with your biggest pet peeve on the golf course. Now, this tweet has been up for less than an hour and it already has about a hundred replies. So I'm gonna read some of them, spitball about it for a couple of minutes, and then we'll be done. But I think some of these are really good. Um, my biggest one I think is slow play. Um Personally, that's my biggest one, especially in recreational rounds of golf. Um, We're not at the U.S. Open. Uh, Most people are not as good as they think they are, Um, especially when it comes to the weekend golfer who never practices and plays like once a month. Um, Let's just hit it and move on like that's it's a game like it's you're not competing for a green jacket. So let's just get that through our head. Um, And most of you and myself included don't practice enough uh, to get as upset as we do about our golf score. So that is your lesson that I want you to take away from this podcast today is you need to put your life in perspective. There is so much more important things in life than golf. It is a game that most of us play for fun and most of us are not good enough to get as angry as we do now moving on to the replies um, somebody said I'm just gonna read a bunch of them uh, here's one I'm not too picky about how people choose to enjoy the game not a stickler for dress code just two things no etiquette and speed of play completely agree someone said I um, Those overthinking their abilities and playing from the wrong tee for their game. This ultimately leads to slow play and frustration for everyone behind them. That's from Mark Mettings. This is an extremely good point. A lot of people overestimate and have like a little bit of an ego situation when it comes to playing a more forward tee. Um, That is if that's something that your ego struggles with when you're playing with your friends, I would encourage you to try all of you moving up a tee. I promise you, you will have more fun. Um, you won't be taking as long and pissing off more people, but overall, like it's a game. Why not make it a little bit easier for yourself? Again, we're not playing for the green jacket. We're not playing in the U S open, go out there and have fun. And if you want to hit a wedge into every hole, hit a wedge into every hole. Um, Let's see. Somebody says, pitch marks and unraked bunkers are a tie for me. Yeah, unraked bunkers really get me. That's something that I really struggled with during COVID when there weren't any rakes. Um, it's, I mean, yes, you could, where we play, you could kind of move your ball around if you were in a footprint. But if for any reason there is a rake around and you don't rake it, I see that as the same uh, kind of people who don't put their shopping cart back when there's a shopping cart section in the parking lot. Um, that's just kind of one of those things that just means that you're not going to do the right thing when nobody's around. And those are not people that I want to associate with in my life. So if you follow me, please rake your bunkers and please put your shopping cart back. (laughs) Um, someone says ball marks on the green. I always repair mine and two or three others. That is a great rule to go by. I do the same thing. I always repair mine. And then as I'm walking around to read the pot, I'll repair a couple more. Um, And then here's the next one that's really good. This is from Golf Unfiltered, my friend Adam. He said, marketing that attempts to grow the game by focusing on the most expensive options and not enough on entry-level products everyone can afford. And this is a really good point because we see, what are the commercials that we see? We see PXG, we see uh, TaylorMade, we see Callaway, Titleist, Not everyone who wants to get into the game and maybe watching Golf Channel for fun and they don't really play that often can afford those kind of clubs. Think about how much PXG clubs cost and think about if you're just trying to take up a hobby, for example, right? If you want to take up a hobby, you can take up a hobby that's golf where you're going to have to pay thousands of dollars to get the right equipment that you need plus tee times every time. Or you can take up, knitting that takes five dollars for yarn every time you want to make a scarf like we have to i'm not saying that everything needs to be cheap i'm just saying that there needs to be more options if pxg and you know taylormade and callaway came out with more so of a beginner line that was even more affordable than the ones that they do have i think that that would bring even more people to the sport and i know that they have um you know sets that are more geared toward beginners but i think that i think that they could do even better at that and that that was a really good point that adam made there um there are so many here i i'm not going to be able to get all of them um slow play slow play constant cell phone use if you're that busy and can't pay attention to where your group is hitting just stay home It's a really good one. I am often guilty of being on my phone too much on the golf course. Um, So, you know, my mom and dad will be like, get off the phone. I'm like, okay, yes, totally understood. So sometimes that person could use a little reminder, Um, Somebody said internal OB is simply detestable. This is one that I feel very strongly about too. I think that for amateur golf, there should not be a chance to make it more difficult than it needs to be. Um, For weekend golfers, why don't we want to make it fun and easy? Not easy because golf is not easy, but why don't we want to make the hard part about golf as easy as possible, Um, especially when we're trying to bring new people into the game? Someone said others standing right next to me when I putt. I don't like that either. Um, Landing in a divot. That's a good one. Slow play, excessive practice swings, um, not enough short courses around the country to grow the game for a younger generation. Completely agree with that. That's from Jeff Lutz. Um, Slow play, pitch marks. um, Let's see. Not reporting scores for handicap. God, that's a good one. That is. That is a whole issue. Um, that's a sandbagger issue right there. Uh, let's see. Courses with place of play signage then have tea times less than 10 minutes apart. That's very true too. Um, sl- I mean, all of these are slow play, ball marks, speakers on carts, Travis got a little bit of heat about this, um, this week about wanting to play, um, music and liking to play music on the golf course. Now this is something else I could go into for another 20 minutes, but I won't. Um, I think that it is a game and we, as a collective community of people who play this sport for fun, assuming that a professional golfer is not listening to this podcast, um, we need to get a little bit of a perspective shift. And I think that that's where everything I've talked about today could be alleviated. If everybody just had a little bit of a perspective change um, and we were able to see the game for what it is and the hobby for what it is and the sport for what it is and not act like we're going out there playing the U S open every time, then I think we would all be a little bit better off. Um, I'm not saying that we need to blast music every time we're in the, in the, on the course or in the card. But if that's something that you and your group love to do, and it makes you have more fun, and it's going to bring you back next weekend, I mean, as long as you're not bobbing anybody who does not like that, I don't see the issue. Um, that's that's kind of my thought about most everything we're talking about today. Um, someone says, when you play in a foursome and people drive off before you finish your tap-in, friend or stranger, it always feels like they're rushing you. Totally agree with that. Someone said dress codes. We already uh, we already went through that. Slow play. The buddy that has a fix for what is wrong with your swing every time you play. That's a good one too. Um, kind of one of those things where you don't need advice unless you ask for it. Um, yeah, there are so many here that I, I can't even get to. But the last one I'll say is Kira K. Dixon uh, with Golf Channel Reporter. She said, when men come up to you on the range and offer you unsolicited swing advice. And if you guys only knew how much that happens, um, even with, you know, Kira is a very good golfer, I'm a very good golfer, I have plenty of very good women golf friends. Um, again, we don't need your help um, unless we ask for it. And I promise you, we're not going to ask for it. Um, and then the last one for real that I'll read is my friend Kayla Scoopeter said said, referring to the forward tees as the ladies tees. That's a good one, too. I think a lot of us need to swallow our pride and realize that this is a game and it's fun. And if we need to play the forward tease in order to have more fun or play a little bit faster or enjoy it, blah, 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 whatever, then we need to do that. So Happy Hour Express was not very express today. Uh, We're at 23 minutes right now. I would apologize, but I feel like it was a good talk. It went very fast for me Um, overall as i said i hope you took away a few things from this um not not very current eventsy as much as it was trying to be a little bit educational about where i'm coming from and my perspective on the game and how it's changed over the years so thank you for tuning in again i'm your host samantha marks um i had so much fun with you and i love doing these happy hour express shows and bringing you everything you need to know in the game of golf in about 10 minutes usually but this time it's a little bit more than that so rbc heritage week baby i hope everybody has a great weekend and And cheers, cheers, one to on me tonight. Um, I really appreciate you guys listening and I will talk to you guys very soon. Have a great weekend. Let's take a second to talk about the guys and girls over at Encore Golf. Encore has earned a reputation of having the most cutting edge technology in their golf balls that the industry has seen in quite some time. Their team in Buffalo, New York is changing the script of golf technology through the perimeter weighted designs use of high-density particles, and even a nano-transitional layer in their latest creation, which offers players enhanced accuracy and control for every shot on the course and extreme velocity off the tee. They already have their award-winning Elixir and Avant 55 golf balls, but the new Vero X1 is the highest-performance ball to date with their full suit of golf balls. They are transforming the game For players of all skill levels, visit EncoreGolf.com slash Travis Fulton for more details about their products that are revolutionizing the game. Now back to the Stripe Show podcast.